Oh, welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. Great to see you all. I don't really see you, but I kind of see you. Anyway, we're going to skip the headlines portion of the show today. We're going to go right to our special guest, Chris Armson. Chris is the OG, if you will, of the autonomous vehicle space. Um, I've never met Chris. This is going to be a first for us. But, you know, he is the co-founder and CEO of Aurora Innovation. Um, that's just his latest act. He goes all the way back to the early 2000s in autonomous vehicles. Um, he led teams out of Carnegie Mellon in the defense research. Oh, how do we say this exactly? DARPA is the acronym for uh, competitions in autonomous vehicles back in the early 2000s and mid-2000s. Um, from there, he uh, he did earn a PhD at Carnegie Mellon in robotics. He went on to uh, be an early player at the Google self-driving uh, program, which uh, is now known as Waymo. And as I said, in 2017, he co-founded Aurora Innovation. Um, Chris's uh, background is is special, really. It's why uh, I'm foregoing head headlines for it. But Chris, I want to welcome you to the show. We've never met, but what a great way to get started. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on. It's a, it's a privilege to, to be here to chat with you and, and talk with your audience. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think we've got, you know, so much to, to, to get to, uh, you know, we get uh, X number of minutes. But, you know, I, I think before we, we go too far, I, I really want your perspective, uh, you know, but I want to ask you first, give you a chance to maybe provide a little color on some recent announcements that Aurora has made. You know, we cover you and uh, a lot of this has been covered on our website. But I wanted to give you a chance to talk to the audience a little bit about some of the milestones you've hit and, you know, just go into a little background for us. Yeah. So, you know, we're at this really exciting point with automated vehicles uh, that, you know, I've had the privilege of working on this space for 20 years-ish at this point. And we're on the cusp of seeing it realized out in the world, doing useful things for people, increasing safety, increasing accessibility, increasing the ability to efficiently move freight through the world. Uh, and so at Aurora, as you mentioned, we founded the company in 2017. Uh, we've been building the base technology since then. About a year ago, we released our roadmap that said we were going to shoot to be feature complete at the end of the first quarter of this year, and then have the Aurora driver ready at the end of the at the end of this year. And we're really excited to say that that the system is feature complete. That means it can do everything we need it to do to operate on the road. We just yet haven't we haven't yet finished validating it. And in some cases, we haven't yet made it as performant as it needs to be to to have confidence that out there without people on board. So, but you you also recently announced, and the viewers can see it right now. You recently announced a pretty well completed uh, terminal for autonomous vehicles. Can you walk through that just a little bit um, for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is uh, the video you're seeing here is our terminal uh, just south of Dallas. Uh, and as uh, the company is building automated vehicles, self-driving trucks, uh, the terminals for them are going to be a little different than they are for people-operated uh, trucks. And so we're working with our partners to understand what does that terminal need to do? How do we uh, do handle the, the handoff between a, a person driving a truck in and dropping a trailer off and then uh, hooking that up and pulling it out, making sure that we have uh, compliance with all the bill ladings and all of the, the, the bureaucratic part of the, the business? but also make sure that we can just check the sensors to ensure they're calibrated, uh, run all the tests we need to, and make sure we can launch the vehicle safely uh, and efficiently on the road for our customers. It kept a Phillips talk just through some of that a week or so ago for a story that we wrote when you announced this. And, and I think it's fascinating, and I, I'll just throw it out there. Maybe you can comment on it because uh, 
uh, Kendra obviously comes out of Ryder, which is your maintenance partner, and she joined you as your, uh, I, I guess, well, she was CTO at Ryder, and I'm not exactly sure what her title is with you. Um, I also had a chance to talk recently with Dave Bidet, who's a former colleague of mine at General Motors, another yeah. pretty good hire. I mean, we knew Dave uh, to be you know pretty important in the grand scheme of things. You've done some interesting recruiting. You want to give me a quick line on that? I mean, you picked up some, you know. Yeah, we 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 picked up some amazing A players, and the two of them there that you mentioned are are you know high on that list. I think what's exciting is Aurora. We are a company that is on a mission, and that's to deliver the benefits of self-driven technology safely, quickly, and broadly. And the importance of this is is broad. As as you know, uh, anything you buy at your house at some point was almost certainly on a truck, uh, and so helping that industry be more efficient, helping it be safer. Uh, is a big deal. And that gets people excited. And whether it's Kendra or Dave or Jan Bing who leads our software or Shandu who leads our hardware, uh, these are incredible people I have a uh, privilege to work with every day. You know, you you let one get away though. And you know who I'm going to talk about. Uh, your first graduate student uh, is a competitor now and in da- in Bar- uh, Don Burnett. Don Burnett. Uh, you know, yeah. Don told me in that story at dinner that he was your first grad student and you left. Uh, but Anyway, I mean, you know, so friendly competition, I hope. Yeah, we, we you know, Don uh, came and joined me in Google and we worked together there. And, uh, you know, he's been building Kodiak and, you know, we're excited to see what they're able to do. Right, right. Well, we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about you. You know, from your perspective, though, uh, Chris, as a sort of a, a, an OG, if you will, in the autonomous space, has this industry developed as you expected? I mean, obviously, commercial applications have come to the fore now. Um, and led you to simultaneously pursue, at least for a while, the passenger and the commercial uh, applications. Um, you know, now you're leaning into trucking. Um, take me through that a little bit. As a, how about the development of this business? Yeah, so I, I've had the privilege of having the long arc of seeing this. And when, when I first started working in the space, honestly, it was because I thought it was cool. The idea that we could have a, a vehicle drive across a desert at 50 miles an hour and you know, not bumped into things. That just sounded exciting. Uh, and then I started to learn about the mission with the Defense Department of how we could keep our young men and women out of harm's way. And that was compelling. And then as I started to work uh, on passenger vehicles, you know, the ability to give people the freedom to move around that many of us take for granted, the ability to reduce the the fatalities on a roadway, the fact that, you know, 40,000 Americans die every year on our roads, it's just unacceptable. We We have technology that can help address that. And then as I started to you know, really understand the business of this uh, and the opportunity to kind of follow uh, a, you know, an entrepreneurial path to see this realized in the world, it became clear that trucking was the right first place, that um, the impact to society is even mm-hmm. bigger. The, uh, the economics are more clear and valuable. Uh, there's less emotion involved in the decision-making, right? That this is really about how do we get goods to people safely and efficiently? And the technology we're building will help our customers uh, improve both their bottom and the top line of their business. So we're we're really excited about that. Well, I'm glad you said business because it makes a nice segue to the next sort of section that I want to talk to you about. You had about Aurora had about a billion one in cash at the end of the year, which uh, separates you from a lot of your competitors. Um, you've indicated that another capital raise will be needed uh, before you get to commercialization at the end of 2024. I guess I want to ask you a little bit about that because it's pretty tough out there. As you well know, your competitors have pulled a number of levers. There's been at the market offerings. There's been, uh, you know, direct share sales. There's been, uh, you know, equity lines of credit. And 
more than that, what method seems to make the most sense to you as you look forward now? Yeah. So, so for us, we have an incredibly strong balance sheet, as you point out, and that, that's put us in a position to control our own destiny. Over the course of this year, we, we see our, the team building momentum. We see our partnerships only strengthening. We see the technology advancing and the product real, coming into its own over the course of this year. And so we'll look at the opportunities to, to, you know, deepen our balance sheet as they come along. I, I don't have, you know, there's a variety of different techniques. Um, I'm certainly not a banker, but we'll uh, we'll investigate across them and see what makes the most sense for our shareholders today and for the the delivering on the mission over time. Sure, sure. You uh, did game out a lot of approaches to what you might do a, a little more than a year ago. Um, does remaining independent stay at the top of that list? It does, right? As as we think about the uh, the benefit of being independent, it's profound. Uh, that you know, and it, it really comes down to this that. Aurora has a mission, right, just to see this technology out in the world and deliver the benefits of it. Uh, if we were part of some other company, that company has some other mission. Uh, whether it's a tech giant or an automotive company, that's not the core of what they're about. And at some point, the leadership in that company is going to make very rational decisions, and that may result in you know picking the core company's mission over whatever it is that we're about. And so, you know, our intent is to remain independent because we see this important, this technology is being so important. Uh, and for our shareholders, we see an incredible economic opportunity to, to create value for them. So we'll, we'll keep charging along independently. You, you didn't mention Waymo, I will, but that seems to be maybe a little bit of what Waymo V is caught up in right now is that the mission of the company, uh, you know, is sort of more important maybe than the mission of the bet, uh, other bet, if you will. I think that's the term. Yeah. It, it, you know, and I, I obviously, don't know what's happening internally there, but I, I look at say um, the the Argo Ford VW situation, right? And Argo, amazing people there. They were building some interesting technology, uh, but at the end of the day, Ford made a decision that they had to focus somewhere else. And I think uh, their CEO said, literally, we're going to place our bets somewhere else. And you know that's that's sad because there were people who put their heart into this, their heart and soul into it, and their hard work. But it's not unrational. Uh, and so being independent, allowing the team to know what we're really about and knowing that we're going to be there to deliver this mission, I think, I think matters a lot. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the consolidation question in, in a little bit. I'd just come more in the finance space, if you don't mind. And, and you know, one is, uh, of course, you know, controlling cash burn. I mean, that's super important for yeah. any startup. And it's, it's one, I mean, you know, a year or so ago, I think, you know, you had to take some some goodwill off the book because, you know, this stock didn't do what it was supposed to do and, and that sort of thing. But I wonder now, I mean, there's lots of good talent available out there. We'll get to that in a moment that, uh, you know, presumably you could hire. Uh, do you have, have you had to make any layoffs or do you anticipate any to sort of help with the cash position? Again, we, we feel like our cash position, we're in an incredibly strong place. What we have done over the course of uh, the last year and a half is really look at how can we be incrementally more efficient, and we've made some big strategic decisions. So uh, in, a, in a financial environment like we had in 21 or 20 or you know five years before that, we'd probably be working in parallel both on trucking and passenger vehicles. And because of the more constrained financial environment, we have made the decision to put an emphasis on trucking. It, we continue to work with Toyota. We continue to work with Uber and make good progress with them. But we've been clear with both of those partners 
that their product is going to draft off the back of the trucking product. And they understand why that makes sense. And they're fully supportive of it. Uh, and so that's one strategic decision. We've also worked on the culture of the company, uh, right? I think we were relatively efficient beforehand, uh, but we've really tried to bring, uh, you know, that sense of ownership, that sense of, you know, every little bit matters to the forefront. And so, for example, at our all hands every two weeks, we have a, a section which we call every little bit matters, where our CFO gets up and highlights places where our employees have been able to either avoid cost or reduce the cost in, in work that we're doing. And, you know, helping set that bit will strengthen the company for the long term because, you know, the, the, those uh, practices, that thought and care about uh, serving our customers and doing that uh, economically efficiently, you know, will will be an incredible strength for us in the long term. Yeah, well, I mean, getting the buy-in of your people, uh, you know, in that way and celebrating, I guess, small wins is is, is pretty important. Yep. You know, I felt that question now. I'm sorry. I said some of them are even big wins. You know, last finance question. Uh, and, and I promise that this is it. Um, you can't control your stock price. Uh, all the stock prices of, of transportation startups are, uh, you know, hurting, uh, yours included. Um, what, what do you see there? I mean, you do have the balance sheet to support, you know, uh, and, and your, your market cap is above your cash and things like that. So, you know, is it just what the CGF to endure? It is, right? And I, I think that right now we're we're dealing with a set of macro trends, right? We're dealing with increasing interest rates, which means that longer term bets are, you know, have to exceed a higher hurdle to be considered valuable, right? Uh, and that's just the way it is. Uh, I think that there was an exuberance that, uh, you know, was in the market in, in 21 uh, that uh, allowed a lot of entities to, to kind of take advantage of that. And I think uh, it's now the market has kind of come back to a place of a little more rationality and it's a, they're having a hard time figuring out, you know, what's real and what's not. And so as a company, our focus is execute, deliver, do what we've said, and which is what we've done for the last year. If you look at our roadmap and, and what, you know, our history of execution, and I have every confidence that over the long term, the market is rational, right? Over the near term, you know, uh, you know, you can see it. Uh, fluctuate on whims, but but true value endures, and and that's what we're building here. Right. Well, you've got uh, you know certainly a position now, and again, not just because of your cash, but you've got uh, some some wins on the books. You are doing what you said you do. That's all accurate, I'm sure, because you know as we cover you and we do cover you pretty extensively, you, you know we've tracked the progress that, that that you make. Let's talk for just a minute. We don't spend a lot of time on this, but let's talk for a minute about consolidation in the industry. You said some things are more real than others. We've certainly seen, you know, sort of a, a difficult situation in Bark. Uh, you know, the software developer, smart guys, obviously over there in in yep. in Alex and 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 in Brandon. Um, but you've also, as I we talked briefly about Waymo Via. Uh, you know, we we know Too Simple still has money, like you do. We also know that they've got some retrenchment underway, you know, from layoffs and things like that. Give me your sense of how this industry sort of consolidates and what it looks like, let's just say, five years. Yeah, and, and we've been talking about this. I've been talking about this since we founded the company, that consolidation was going to happen. And, and you see it not just in this space, but any new technology, whether it was the automobile where there were dozens, if not hundreds of car companies, and then over time it whittled down to three in the U.S., Oh, whether it was search engines where, you know, there was, again, dozens of them, and now there's kind of one in a bit. 
uh, to, you know, what we're seeing happen in this space. And there's a lot of smart people because this is an important problem. It's an exciting problem uh, that, that got into it. Uh, and some didn't really understand the complexity of what they were getting into. Some were, uh, didn't build the right partnerships. Some didn't make the right long-term strategic decisions. And so we're seeing that wash out. And, and, you know, I've said for a long time, we've been really positioning Aurora to be one of the consolidators, not one of the consolidatees. And we've been able to play that role so far. And my expectation is we're going to continue to see it. Uh, and that this is a really hard problem. You need to have an amazing set of people. You have to build incredible technology. You have to make the right strategic bets. Um, and then you have to build amazing partnerships. And the work we do, whether it's with PACO or Volvo or, or with our customer partners at FedEx and Warner Schneider, et cetera, right? We, we feel incredibly uh, fortunate to be in the position we are and, and look forward to, to being here for a long time and, and serving these customers well. You, um, you raised the spectrum of consolidation a little different way than I thought. And I'm thinking about First Light uh, Radar, which, uh, LIDAR, excuse me, uh, which comes out of Blackmore, uh, an acquisition that she made yep. a few years ago. Uh, you know, and so you're sort of your own solution provider, if you will, in, in that space, which, uh, you know, we just last week had Angus Pakala on from, uh, from Alster and, you know, another consolidation underway, you know, in a, in a business that, you know, probably has way too many players. Um, but it's interesting that, that you did that. Do you see other consolidation opportunities as we look forward now, not just hiring, uh, you know, people, talented yeah. people, you see other opportunities for Aurora that, you know, maybe haven't been identified yet. Yeah. So if you look at our history, we've, we've really thought about where can we be strategic in doing this. And so you mentioned Blackmore and that was really about understanding there was a technology there that we didn't think anyone else had that was going to be critical delivering to delivering a trucking product that you have to see a long way down the road. You have to see that with multiple sensors. Uh, and we think the, the frequency modulated continuous wave LIDAR that we have as part of our first light is completely differentiated. And so we, we made that acquisition. We made another acquisition of a company called Ours in the same kind of space where they do integrated uh, photonics. So taking the discrete components to make up an optical system and putting them on a chip, making it dramatically more reliable, making it dramatically uh, lower cost, uh, dramatically more manufacturable. Um, we acquired Uber's self-driving car business, ATG. And with that, we got amazing technology. We got great people. We got a strong partnership with Uber out of it and Uber Freight. And so as we look forward, right now, there's not a piece that's missing, uh, right? We, we actually feel like we're in an incredibly strong position there, uh, but we'll continue to look and, and assess. We have a small team that that's their job is to understand what technology is out there. Is there something that would augment, accelerate uh, our mission? And, and if that's the case, we'll, we'll find those opportunities and take them. Sure, sure. You uh, um, use the term driver as a service, and it's a term, you know, as a service gets thrown around a lot. I mean, we're one, we're a software as a service business at our core, and then the editorial side, you know, is there too. But, uh, you know, I think when we talk about drivers as a service, right now you're running your own trucks, trucks that you own with safety yeah. drivers. By the end of 24, the drivers go away, the Aurora driver essentially takes over and is operated by, uh, you know, other things. Help me understand how we get to the point where you're not accumulating assets, trucks, to do this and maybe walk walk us through that, would you? Yeah, absolutely. So it really comes from uh, what I think is a pretty intuitive place, that if you are a carrier today, a, a trucking company today, you buy trucks and pay for drivers, uh, right? And you understand how to run the logistics part, all of the infrastructure around it. You've got the customer relationships You've been doing that for a while. You've almost certainly been successful. 
So what we'd like to do is come in and help you with that business and provide uh, a safe, reliable, scalable set of drivers where you, you know, where your variable cost is much more predictable um, and allow you to grow that business uh, and have that vehicle, the Aurora driver operate alongside human drivers that are part of your fleet. And so we, we see that path. As you point out today, we own and operate trucks. Um, we have no intention of becoming a carrier. Uh, we're technically one because we do haul loads for people. We haul loads under the flag of our partners, right? We're hauling loads for FedEx, for Werner, for Schneider. Uh, we don't want to end up in this weird place where we're both developing a product for them and competing with them. You know, that just feels like a, a fundamental faux pas in building partnerships and, and relationships. Yeah. So as you get to the point where PACR and Volvo uh, f get further along the development of chassis, which is, you know, the redundant chassis is sort of the, the, the golden ticket here, right? I mean, once that happens, then, you know, we don't need to be cobbling together anything. I don't know if that's the correct term, but we don't need to be looking to, you know, add a, a technology here and there. The manufacturer will do that. Um, will will people then, as they order these trucks, if I understand you correctly, they'll order the trucks with the Aurora driver robot, if you will, and and then basically integrate these with their other trucks. No safety drivers, probably restricted to certain lanes. Certainly, initially, you said I forty five, I think, and also uh, I'm not sure the route to El Paso, but you got that. I twenty, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you got those. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna, sorry. I thought you thought we were at the question. I, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no, I'm, I'm getting to it. I think. I hope I am. I don't know. But uh, but as this happens, the you don't need to do anything other than, I presume, provide the Aurora driver to the factories of these partners. Is that the idea? Rather than any upfitting like you might be doing now. Yeah. Yeah. So today you're right. We we don't so much cobble, but we do upfit. Um, and so we, you know, we work with, uh, both PACCAR and Volvo, uh, you know, we work with the Peterbilt 579 and we work with our, our Volvo truck, uh, and we get those and we have a facility in Pittsburgh where we, you know, add the Aurora driver to them. Uh, we're also working with both those partners, as you point out, to develop trucks that are autonomy ready, where they have the appropriate redundancies, they have the power systems, they have the interfaces, the cybersecurity work that we want to do with them. Uh, in place so that then the Aurora driver can interface to that and we can have a fully safe and redundant system on the road. That I expect early with those uh, autonomy-ready trucks, we'll continue to do some upfitting, but we're already, again, working with those partners on line-siding the Aurora driver so that if you're FedEx, you'll be able to call up a uh, PACCAR or say, you know, I want the Peterbilt 579, I'd like it delivered with the Aurora driver on it. Uh, and then it'll show up. And as you say, you'll be able to put it into your fleet. And you you're right. There will be certainly initially some limitations on where it can operate. But over time, we'll expand that. And then that vehicle will be useful uh, very broadly to them. We're seeing uh, some of the semiconductor shortages work themselves out of the supply chain uh, disruption now. We're, you know, we're starting to see, you know, trucks being built at much more regular. Yeah, you got actually working at the backlog, you know, things like that. Um, are you able at this point to to sort of say when you think you might be able to have, uh, you know, purpose-built trucks to uh, carry the Aurora driver? So we're working as Aurora. We're hoping to be able to do that in the end of 24. Uh, I'll let our partners speak to their schedules as they're, as they're comfortable. Um, but, you know, that, that's what we're, we're shooting towards. Okay. 
All right, we're just about out of time. Um, right after this uh, show, there's going to be a hearing will start in California on the whole issue around banning autonomous trucking in California. It's gotten a lot of attention. Very quickly, we've got call it 30 seconds of left. Give me your take on how that gets resolved, Chris. Yeah, I think that first it's important to know that in California, uh, the law says that, you know, that the DMV should put in place rules to allow automated trucking. Uh, and so there's new conversations that are happening around it. We've been working with California at the state level, at the DMV level, uh, to help them understand the opportunities. I think ultimately it'd be a tremendous shame if California doesn't allow this important, life-saving, economically beneficial technology on the roads. And so, you know, my expectation is that um, uh, the, the government will do do the right thing here. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for being here. It was great. I look forward to this. We promoted the heck out of it, really. Great to have you, Chris. Thank you so much. Next week, folks, we will uh, have two guests. We'll have Thomas Healy from Hylion uh, Holdings, uh, who's working on the hybrid uh, ERX Hypertruck. And we'll also have uh, Parker Meeks from uh, Hyzon Motors uh, working on fuel cells. The two of them have a program together. It's a pilot. But we'll get to talk to both of them about that next week. We look forward to having you with us. You can always catch this on, on podcast if you missed it today. Uh, and we'll see you next time.